Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Savvy Millennial Podcast, a community dedicated to ambitious and successful millennials. And today with us, we have Anna Lazana. She is a proud mama of two little girls and co-founder of Love Powered Co., which is an affirmation company. She started with her co-founder a few years ago, and they've been growing like crazy ever since. She is also a side hustler. And her side hustle is with USANA multi-level marketing firm, where she mentors women to become digital entrepreneurs. During this episode, we will dive deeper into her journey from the corporate world into the world of entrepreneurship and running her own businesses. She will dive deeper into her tips and advice on how to be most efficient and most productive and only work three hours a day on all of your businesses. Recently, they have sold everything they own in Oakville, Ontario, and drove across the country to British Columbia to explore, enjoy, and adventure while building their e-commerce businesses and unschooling. And we'll learn more about this process during this episode as well. So stay tuned and welcome, Anna. Hi, Anna. Super happy to have you with us today. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for thinking of me to be on your podcast. No, no. I I love your businesses that I found on Instagram. And I thought it was very, very unique because you are a mom, you are running three businesses, and you just moved, you sold everything in Ontario, Oakville, and then you moved across the country. So why don't you tell our listeners more about yourself, how you started, what are the businesses, and where are you now? Yes, of course. I mean, it's been a crazy year, just like for everybody. But I guess in the in the madness and chaos of things, this is where we really stop, drop and evaluate our life and what's happening and how can we do things differently, do things better. So that was kind of that big decision for us. But I'll take you back a bit. I went to business school. I, you know, started climbing the corporate ladder. I did what my parents thought I should do in terms of quote unquote success. So I followed that trajectory of, you know, getting that great education, starting to climb the corporate ladder, working a you know, marketing and sales corporate career, downtown Toronto, did it all. And in 2010, I stepped back and said, wow, I've been doing this for two years and I'm so unhappy. The nine to five is not my thing. The cubicle, the boss, you know, the structure, it's just not my thing. So I started opening up myself to entrepreneurship, but I didn't have a product idea. I didn't have a service idea, but I just put it out there. You know, if I meant to be an entrepreneur, what is my next step? What am I meant to do? And I, through connections, I met a beautiful woman who introduced me to um, the industry of network marketing back in 2010. And at that point, I had no idea about network marketing. I didn't know much about the company that I was partnering with. But I said, you know what, if you are going to mentor me to be Become an entrepreneur, and she she was very successful at the time. I said, I'm all in. You know, the investment is so low, but I'm open. I'm hungry. I'm ready. I'm ready to do something for myself. So I started that side hustle 2010 on the side of my corporate career. So I kept going to my nine to five, but I kept working on my business on the side. And within a year and a half, I decided to leave my corporate career and just focus on building my business full time. 
And within five years, I grew it to, I mean, a really big business. I had thousands of people that I was working closely with and mentoring, I mean, indirectly, directly, a handful of people. But I had the opportunity to retire my husband from his corporate banking career. And we were just living the life. I mean, we were, we didn't have kids, we were traveling, we were enjoying And then we decided to become parents. So for me, having my kids, it took me, I guess, by surprise, as I'm sure it does by everybody, because now all of a sudden you have this human who's 100% dependent on you. Um, You're exhausted. You're tired. I mean, I just felt like my entire freedom was taken away, which is totally fine. And um, I decided to pause my business. And, you know, the, the goal of network marketing is to create a business that's residual, that's reoccurring. And so I said, you know what, if that is the philosophy of network marketing, I'm going to put my business to the side and I'm going to let my business work for me. So for the next five years, I didn't touch my business, but every single Friday I had a check in my bank account. So that to me was huge proof and huge advocation for the industry and why I still uh, coach and mentor women to start their entrepreneurial journeys through network marketing. So then had my first daughter and I started aching to do something in the entrepreneurial world. So I got together with my business partner, Lindy, and we founded a company called Love Powered Co. So we create beautiful affirmation cards for kids, teens, and women. And um, we just launched a collaboration with Indigo for three new products. So that was launched 2017. And it's interesting because having a startup and having a network marketing business are day and night, totally different. So with the pandemic, I also decided to go back to my network marketing business because people are looking for health and wellness. They're looking for solutions. They're looking for improved health and so forth. So this is what brings me to today. i have a startup that's three years in. I have my network marketing side hustle. I'm I'm doing it on the side. And uh, I have my two kids and we are currently in British Columbia, but I'm more than happy to tell you that story as well of how we sold everything and and got to here. Goodness. So many, first of all, thanks for sharing so many tips and things happening. Where do we start? Okay. Let's start unpacking one thing at a time, network marketing. A lot of people have this misconception that majority of the network marketing businesses are Ponzi schemes where, you know, you onboard people, then they have to onboard another three people and so on and so forth. And that's how you make it. And only, I think according to stats, only the top five, 10% of people at the top get the money and the rest are just hustling and stocking the products. Okay. Why don't you tell us what's the real deal? What, what is actually happening? That's a great question. I mean, when I started in 2010, we had a lot of questions about pyramid schemes. Like that was my biggest objection in 2010. I think fast forward to 2020, I mean, I'm still in the industry and USANA is still a legitimate company that's paying me every single week. Now, to answer the first question, USANA, my product partner company was founded in 1992. So me coming in 2010, that was 18 years later. And I was still able to create a huge business and a beautiful residual income stream that allowed me to retire corporate and allowed my husband to retire corporate. So I can say that it works even if I wasn't, you know, the first person in. Now, when we look at success stats, it's just like everything in life. What percentage of every corporation is high level executives? A tiny percentage. What percentage of small businesses thrive and succeed after the first five years? 
a tiny percentage. That to me, it's it's not a legitimate, I guess, when people come to me and they have, you know, their hesitations, that to me, it's not legit because it's all about the person that you are. If you're willing to show up, if you're willing to be consistent, if you're willing to do the work, then you will see success. Now, that's like with everything in life. So that answers that. And in terms of onboarding and growing team, I mean, that's the way that I see it. When you have a network marketing business, you can choose to service customers with products. You can choose to build a team and teach others how to build their own business, or you can do both. For me, I chose to do both at the beginning because I thought to myself, if I want to grow a large business, how am I going to do it by myself? What if I did it with a hundred people that each started growing their own small side hustles and we could all benefit from it together? So I chose to coach and mentor women, but you definitely don't have to. If you're someone who just loves the products that you're partnering with and you just want to work with customers to, I don't know, improve their health, improve their hair, improve you know their passion for essential oils, whatever that might be, then you can do that as well. So I feel like, and I know that a documentary on Netflix just came out about essential oils, but if you choose to not build a team That is totally cool. And I always tell people like, you build this business the way you want to build it in our company. And I'm speaking specifically to our company. I don't know any other company, but you don't have to build a team. You don't have to mentor other distributors. I saw the potential in it because I saw it as leverage. Me coaching other women to do what I'm doing versus me doing it all by myself. All right. So again, I think it's a fantastic, industry to dip your toes into entrepreneurship. I think it's an incredible school because now having the experience of a startup where you're responsible for customer service, for product development, for shipping, for logistics, for manufacturing, for, I mean, absolutely everything, finances, that's a big responsibility. Whereas with your network marketing, your responsibility is to consume your products monthly and show up. So it's a different ball game. Both are extremely rewarding. Both are extremely different, but it depends what goals you have in life. If you're not sure you want to be an entrepreneur, don't go start a physical product business because it's a ton of responsibility. And funny enough, you said that every single entrepreneur in the podcast says the same thing. You know what? It's going to be a lot of work. And it's supposed to feel like a lot of work. That's just how life is. If you want to succeed, you just have to put in the time. And clearly with the network marketing, you've been in it 10 years now, right? 10 years going on 11, yeah. Okay, so let's unpack when you started the network marketing. Because I'm sure a lot of people right now in 2020 are looking for side hustle, opportunities to work from home, how to you know either scale their current income or repurpose themselves into a different field. So network marketing could be a good opportunity for a lot of people. You buy your membership, you sign up, you get your first package. I assume that's how it works and correct me if I'm wrong. And then you need to onboard, let's say the first five, either customers or people on your team. What's the best strategy, some tips and tricks that helped you and how you, I guess, coach your mentees? The initial package, the goal is for you to fall in love with the products, whatever the products you choose to partner with. And I'm a huge believer of that because in order to authentically sell, especially on social media, you need to be a product of your products, right? So I think when for anyone exploring network marketing, the biggest risk is your investment in the product, which is usually, I mean, it just depends what company you're partnering it with, but for in our circumstance, it's $350. That's your biggest investment. So it's an investment in product that 
you start to try so that you can authentically share. Because I know today with social media and Instagram, I mean, people smell bullshit. And I get messages all the time like, Anna, what's your fee to post about our product? I just got that message today. You know, it's we're X company, we're looking for influencers to share a story and to share a post. What is your fee? And in my opinion, I mean, that is more of like a quote unquote scam because I'm not an authentic user of that product. I am getting paid to share on my stories and to share on my wall that product. Whereas with network marketing, your investment is in that product package, which allows you to sample it, to use it, to consume it, to study it, to learn about it, and then be able to share it. To me right now, I'm eyeing this whole influencer world on social media. There's a lot of people getting really rich. There's a lot of people who have been able to create a side hustle simply by becoming social media influencers. But my question is, is it legitimate? Do they really love the product or was there some zeros after the paycheck they've received? When I talk about authenticity, network marketing for me in that sense is authentic because yes, we are investing in the products that we're sharing. And if we don't like the product, we're most likely going to drop out of the company and not share it again, right? So there's that, that beautiful authenticity and alignment coming through. So what would be the next steps? That's always my first step is fall in love with the product. Do you need to become an expert? Uh, I don't think so. I want for you to experience it and you to share with me how it feels in your body, how it feels for you. What's your experience with it? In our company, we have a ton of tools where people can leverage and access scientists. I'm not a scientist or a nutritionist. I work with a wellness product, but I have access to all of these tools. And then start to build your marketing campaign. You know, are you going to be talking about product A, B, or C? Why? How does it connect with your community? Is this something that they're looking for? And then I would say the third thing is be consistent. It takes people on average seven times to see something before they actually jump to make that purchase. So consistency in any business really is the secret sauce because I have people coming to me now and being like, Anna, I've been watching you for so X amount of years and I'm ready to learn more about this vitamin D. I'm like, fantastic. It only took you seven years, but it's okay. I'm still here, you know? I love it. I love the consistency, obviously consistency track, because as many entrepreneurs say, it's just that showing up every day, falling in love with what you do, because sometimes things are going to get tough. And if you don't like or love what you do and not passionate about it, you're just not going to stick around long enough to see the results of all your hard work. So clearly you're doing it right. And I mean, in terms of the products that you're promoting, it's health and wellness, vitamins, what else? So we, we have three core product lines, which is vitamins, so supplements for every system of the body. And this is why really in March of this year, I decided to you know jump back in because opportunity, right? So as entrepreneurs, we need to have that hat on. We need to have the entrepreneurial hat on frequently and look at opportunities, look at the market, look at you know consumer trends and how things are changing. So in March, when everything shut down in Ontario and there became this big talk about vitamin D and how it can actually decrease your chances of COVID. I said, holy shit, like we have this top quality supplement line and people are now going to shoppers, they're going to Costco, they're going to their health food stores. They know they need vitamins, but they, they might not know how to choose them. So for me, it was like, ding, ding, ding. 
market opportunity, people are looking for wellness solutions. They're looking for vitamins. I have this product to offer them. I'm going to start educating on the quality aspect of what we have to offer, right? So that's me thinking as an entrepreneur. Now there's a market opportunity that presented itself. I've been inactive for five years. What is now my plan, my strategy for talking to my community on social media about what I have to offer. And I chose the route of quality because yes, people know they should be taking some sort of vitamin now, but how am I different? And the differentiating factor with USANA and and my product partner is the quality. So now let me talk to my audience about the quality of the vitamins they might be taking or they might be looking to choose. Right. So we always need to think that way. Like, how can we add value to the marketplace with what we have to offer? What are people's top priorities right now? And health, even if it was not a top priority for people, has now jumped up to like hopefully the top three spots of core values and priorities right now because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So it's been really fascinating. So that we also have skincare and we also have a food line, but those are not products I focus on because to me, skincare is a nice to have. I think that beauty starts from the inside out. So if we look healthy and we look radiant, it's our nutrition, our water intake, our supplementation, our sleep habits, our stress levels, our mindfulness practice, and then we can load up on whatever creams and skincare we want. But I don't think that's the main player. That's why I don't personally focus on our skincare line. I love how you, even within you know the product lines, you didn't choose everything and you're not trying to be everything for everyone. You're trying to pick one product or guess one niche and then focus on that because you truly believe in it. Because obviously if you start talking skincare makeup, it's not going to be your authentic self. So I love that. So that's awesome. Now during the pandemic, since you just restarted, so to speak, your business and quotation marks restarted, have you noticed the changes in people signing up your engagement? Were there any struggles that you were finding that you haven't ever had before because it's a new year and you haven't been in the business for five years? You know, even when I went inactive, like I said, every single Friday, a paycheck was showing up in my account. So I was active. I was monitoring my finances and I obviously had a team. So even though I was not actively showing up and building my business, my team still continued to grow. So I was showing up for them as a mentor and as a coach. I mean, that to me is my highest value and priority is if you guys need me, I'm on standby. Okay. So I do want to put that disclaimer out that even though I wasn't actively building, I was still there to support and mentor and coach. And honestly, I found 2020 much easier to build this business than in 2010. So it's for so many different reasons. Like I said, health and wellness is booming. E-commerce is booming. People now are just open to doing stuff online. Where in 2010, it was still kind of the beginning. I mean, I remember I didn't have Instagram. I did not leverage social media to build this type of business. I was sitting down doing coffee meetings with people. So now when I talk to people about the business, I say, listen, like you need 30 to 60 minutes a day. Whereas before I needed more time because we weren't doing Zoom calls. We were meeting in person. So the drive to the coffee shop, the sit down, the catch up, the presentation, the chit chat, and then the ending. I mean, it took way more time. So I 
do find it so much easier 2020 building online, building e-commerce, building network marketing, um, and access to social media. And now there's just so many ways if you're creative and you love marketing, I mean, you can do TikTok videos, you can, you know, do reels, you can have just so much fun building a business like this that I did not leverage at the very beginning when I did do my big run and grow a big business. So it's totally different, but I found it easier to be honest. I love the feedback that, you know, even though market is saturated, there's so much opportunity out there in e-commerce and tech and advancement in everything. It's just bringing you so much opportunity. You just have to be able to take advantage of it. So I love that. Okay. Let's jump in into the main business, I guess, because this is now USANA is a side hustle. The marketing business is a side hustle. So then how are we doing with the current product business? How did you guys start? Was it something that you were always passionate about because health and wellness, or you just had an idea and you're like, yeah, this is going to sell? It was because of my passion of personal development. So, you know, that's another thing is in 2010, when I started network marketing, that was my first deep dive into personal development. That's another thing about the industry is they promote mindset and personal growth as one of the foundations of successfully building a business. And so, you know, I started the coaching and the mentoring. I went to the Tony Robbins seminars. I, you know, dove deep into personal development. I remember in the first five years, we didn't watch any TV. I mean, Netflix, we didn't exist. We, you know, it was all personal growth and learning and working on our mindset and shifting our beliefs and shifting, you know, and changing our old programming. And so when Lindy and I came together, we met in 2015, what we realized is we both had our unique stories of personal development. We both had our unique stories of affirmations and practicing affirmations. And we knew immediately we wanted to be in business together, but we didn't know what it was going to be. So at first we actually thought we were going to do a podcast but then as we started diving deeper, we realized that like affirmations for us every day were non-negotiable. And we started Googling, you know, affirmations for kids. At that time, my first daughter was eight months old and her kids were about three and five, I believe. And just, it did not exist. The way that we envisioned affirmations for kids did not exist in the world. And so we just said, let's do this. Let's make it happen. And this was a conversation late 2016. And literally we got to work and exactly it was November, 2016. By August, 2017, we launched the company through Kickstarter. And I mean, it's been growing ever since we just signed our biggest collaboration of our entire startup, which we can't talk about, but it's going to launch later 2021. Um, we just launched three new products with chapters Indigo. It's been an incredible year. Now, mind you, it was very, very tough at the beginning of this year. So 2020, we were on track to double our sales from 2019. And then the pandemic hit. So we manufacture all of our products in a sustainable family-run manufacturing facility in China. They shut down for Chinese New Year and didn't reopen. So unfortunately, we were sold out of product from March until June which is a huge time for a small e-commerce business to not have inventory, especially in a pandemic where we know mental health and mindset, just like health is another core priority. People are dying because of mental health versus COVID. If we look at the numbers, there's more suicides, there's more depression. It is not 
a happy place out there. And so we had this product that we knew could have a positive impact on the world and we didn't have inventory. So we finally got stock in June and it took time to pick up momentum. Our summer was probably one of the slowest summers we've had since launch because just like any marketing engine, it takes time to pick up momentum. But we did do several things to pivot. We um, ran a campaign during March to May where we offered our digital affirmations, which are a $15 value for free. So we gifted about $30,000 worth of free digital affirmations because we knew that you know this practice is just so important. But now, thankfully, we had an incredible cyber weekend. We have this new products line we're launching. We have this incredible collaboration. So, I mean, we are back and we feel like we're back in alignment with what we have to offer in the world. But it's been a crazy hard year, just like it has for many and most small businesses. Such a crazy story. And thank you for sharing. So, I guess let's dive deep into that one now. First of all, you and your partner are running the business together. How many other team members do you guys have from marketing to assistance to manufacturing to customer service? How many people are there on the team? Yeah, that sounds dreamy. We don't have anybody. It's just us. So um, my husband helps with digital marketing. He has a digital marketing agency for small businesses. Um, he helps with that. Other than that, Lindy and I are responsible for absolutely everything. We have graphic designer that we outsource work for, but she's not in-house. And then obviously we have our manufacturing partner in China, but that's it. We take care of everything. So obviously when we have a crazy cyber weekend, there is a lot of customer service that comes with that. The more sales, the more customer service, the more problems. So um, yeah, we are in charge of absolutely everything. And then social media posting, that's also you and your partner growing your account, doing the value ads. It's just you. So there's no secret magic of, you know, you're putting millions of dollars behind your in ads and they're just taking off. If you gave me a million dollars, we would fucking skyrocket. We would scale to the moon and back. But no, cash flow is always a problem for uh, product-based businesses. And it's literally, we're constantly just recycling money. Money comes in, we got to put it out and we got to allocate where it's going. I would say one of the most incredible things we also did for the business in 2020 is hire BDC for financial consulting. I think that, you know, we're very clear on our roles. We're very clear on what I'm good at what Lindy's good at. And we're very clear on the things that we are not good at. And finances is not a passion for any of us. Like I love to sell and then that's it. Like the finances, like, okay, let's, you know, let's put it to the side. I just love to make money, but then everything else I'm like, I don't, it's not my passion. So we hired BDC for, um, an eight week program and they really helped us to get our books in order. Everything is, is on point for the new year to start. So I think that's a great tip right there for any entrepreneur is, you know, just be super honest with yourself. And if you have a business partner on the things that you're not good at and then find the right people to help you because from conversations with other female entrepreneurs, finances is a big thing. And it is also probably the most important thing because we need to know, are we making 
margin per unit? Are we spending too much on shipping? Are we charging enough our customers for shipping? Are we spending way too much in ads and marketing? Which we were, but it's also very common to do for startups because how can you get people to buy your product if you are not investing in ads and you know that marketing budget is not a nice budget? Right. So there's just so many things. But for us, we were very clear that none of us like to do the finances. None of us studied finances. None of us really are experts in it. So we sought out experts to really support us in that area. And then how did you find BDC? So I, the other thing is I, I find that in Canada, BDC is a fantastic resource for finance consultant. I'm super happy that you said that you've actually done consulting with them, right? Because I don't think a lot of Canadians know that BDC is not just a bank. They also do advertising and consulting and help you with HR, finance, marketing, sales, strategy, everything else. And the pricing is pretty good. So how did you find them? So we had, I mean, through mentors and, and just advisors, it was recommended that we check them out. We check Futurepreneur out. We check out different organizations. Now, we finally, during the pandemic, they were looking to support more female-run startups. And so the timing really worked out where we were approved to be in their program. Everything worked out. And then we chose to focus specifically on the financial consulting for our business. Because like you said, they have different areas of consulting expertise for us finances was the most important area. I mean, we have a lot of mentors. We have a lot of women that we love and adore who are super successful. And we can say, hey, listen, like we need a loan. We need um, guidance and advice. And it's been a working relationship with BDC. I know initially when we first launched, we were not approved for their loan um, because we were high risk. We had just launched. You know, when you're launching a business, it's like, what is that plan of launch? For us, the plan of launch was Kickstarter. Now, do I think Kickstarter today is the same as 2017, it's totally different. So I think that's really important. We knew our launch strategy. We also knew we were going to need money right away because it's an inventory heavy business. So it's been that relationship where we first were not approved for their loans. And then they've kind of witnessed our growth. They've witnessed our partnership with Indigo. That's a huge right there, like credibility for a small business. And then finally it worked out during the pandemic. So we're super grateful and it was, it was fantastic. I love, I love that story. And clearly the other lesson from your experiences, you know, have the right mentors around you. The more successful people, women, mentors, advisors you have, the more information you have around you and obviously the more quality advice. And that's how you've been able to succeed. Absolutely. So important. And, you know, and sometimes there'll be paid mentors and coaches. Sometimes it'll just be you building relationships with people that you admire. You know, don't do the stalking thing. Just truly authentically build relationships with people. It's so important. You know, when someone just DMs me and like asks for a manufacturer, I'm like, dude, like, I don't even know you right? Like it's, it's like, how do you want to feel? Like, do you want someone just asking for something straight up or have you built that relationship where there's a trust and a confidence and then you can, you know, share information? I, I love it. Uh, absolutely correct. I mean, I'm all for straightforward conversations, but you got to go on a date first. Like you got to have the first day before, you know? Okay. So then if you could go back, whether back 10 years ago, whether back three years ago, five years ago, you know, both businesses, just one, if you could do something differently or, you know, you could change something, what would it be? What would be your advice? 
Honestly, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, would I change the pandemic? Not probably not even. Honestly, it's been a really good year for us. And I don't feel bad saying it because people will take challenges and they'll take, you know, they'll make lemonade out of it. And I think that's what 2020 has been for me. And it's been for many people that I talk to because they took the challenge and they got more creative. They took the challenge and they got rid of things that weren't serving them. And they took the pandemic and literally they made lemonade out of it. So I feel like for me, everything's just been growth and experience and getting better. You know, it's never a failure. It's a lesson learned. And nothing really specifically comes into mind. I'm really grateful where I am today. Am I at the point where I want to be in my career? I mean, no, not yet. We're type A women who have big goals and big dreams and we're always striving for more. But there's been a lot of growth through the 10-year entrepreneurial journey. And it's like, okay, what else? Where are we going next? So like, that's kind of my mindset around it. So then for entrepreneurs who are starting out, maybe their first business, maybe they failed in their current business due to COVID and they're trying to reinvent themselves or create a new product, what would be your advice for them? What are maybe three, five things they should focus on and absolutely not skip? I would say, I mean, everybody needs to be online. We have like this gift of e-commerce and technology and it's booming, it's exploding. And, you know, I personally would not see myself as a brick and mortar startup. I think that right now is extremely risky. Um, You don't know when the government's going to come in and shut you down. And so if you do have like a physical location business, how can you grow more online? How can you leverage the space, right? Like if we look at Shopify or Zoom or, you know, all these companies that did they think that they would be scaling this quickly? Probably not. Like no one could have predicted this. So it's like, how can you pivot to 2021 and looking at what industries are growing? How can you tap more into that? I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we're not flexible. You know, we have this baby that we started and we created it and we're so attached to it. But I think that's not a great mindset as entrepreneurs because we need to constantly be pivoting and shifting and changing and we need to be adaptable because the world around us is changing and so quickly. So how can you be more online? How can you grow your digital marketing presence? How can you grow more on social media? Like these are all, I don't want to say free tools, but social media is free and you have access to billions of people around the world. Can you be more international? How would that look for your business, right? Because we can access people in Australia right now because of Instagram. And then I would also look at how can you lean out? Like, what are you doing in your business that maybe doesn't even need to be done? That'll kind of lead me into my three hours a day. But like, how can you be super efficient with the time that you have? Like, what do you need to cut? Like, what fat needs to go, right? It's not serving you. We don't need it in 2021. So diving deep. So let me kind of summarize. So I would say, you know, where can you lean out and take off pressure from yourself? Because to be honest, we don't need to be working extremely hard every single day where it's like a drag and it's a heavy energy. We can cut things and feel lighter and show up and do things that we're passionate about. And then we'll, with that energy, we'll attract more into our life. Number two is if you're not currently online, how can you pivot and have your business 
do more things online and be more successful online because it is a global marketplace. And then the third thing I would say is, I mean, mindset is everything. So if you're having a bad day, what is your own trick? Like for me, it's getting outside. I'm talking a lot about nature therapy. I'm obviously in British Columbia. It's gorgeous here where there's tons of nature around me. So when I'm having a bad moment, I just close everything. I go for a walk. I take deep breaths. I focus on things that I can be grateful for. And then I get back into work. So that mindset, what do you need more of in your life every single day to feel good? Because if you're feeling good as an entrepreneur, you're going to attract more good into your business. Oh, love this positivity and the energy. It's amazing. I'm a true believer in energy universe. You know, the secret is my go-to book literally every year, rereading it. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. You know, if you're on good energy wave, you're like a tower that emits and receives energy. Whatever you're putting out there is what you're going to get back. And clearly for you, it's only the good stuff. So I love it. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the three hours a day because that's how we connected. And you said, you know, I only work three hours a day, to which I thought to myself, well, now I'm glad I'm having her on the podcast because I need to know the secret. So what is it? For a lot of people who think that, you know, hustling is the thing that you got to do and you got to sleep four hours a day and work 24-7, how can you do everything in three hours? Yeah. So, I mean, that was my mindset when I first started a hundred percent. I just think like the hustle is not the new black. Like we need to really realign the way that we think about work. I think for me, I kind of fell on this because my husband's also an entrepreneur and we have two daughters at home. So initially it really wasn't by choice. It was COVID shut down Montessori schools. Our girls couldn't go back to school. There was no daycare. So how were we going to make it work? So since March, I said, you know, let me work from nine to 1230 and then I'll be on mommy duty 1230 to, you know, whatever time my husband wants to work 430 and let's see how this works. So really we fell onto the schedule back in March and we've been making it work. And so what I've done is exactly the advice that I offered as I said, what can I cut? You know, what work am I doing? That's like, that doesn't need to be done every single day. What is not serving me right now? Because sometimes if we sit down, like, are we really being productive for eight hours? Usually no. Like how many times do we stop, pause and scroll? Like, so it's really just getting super clear on what tasks need to be done to move your business forward. And I'm just really clear on those tasks that need to be done for my USANA business and those tasks that need to be done for Love Powered. I mean, I might show up on the weekends and do admin work that wasn't done. Oftentimes, I mean, I pick up my laptop at 8.30 when the girls are in bed and I do, you know, 30 to 60 minutes of work and that's okay. But I'm just very mindful of my three hours to be super efficient in those three to four hours in the morning. Then when I'm on mummy duty, I've been putting my phone on airplane mode because the worst feeling for me is to be with my girls, my phone beeping, you know, and not being present with them, not being present with my business. That to me is just the worst feeling in the world. So, you know, phones on airplane mode, unless I'm taking pictures or doing stories. And then, you know, if I need to, I pick it up in the evening. We just got off cyber weekend, the busiest season for every e-commerce entrepreneur. And we were working at nights, but it was okay. It all got done. And that's also another mindset thing is 
everything will get done. It's okay, you know? And when you're not constantly scrolling through social, you'll see how much extra time you have in a day that it's your time to do whatever fuels your soul. Because if you can constantly do things throughout the day that make you feel good, you'll just start manifesting different opportunities. I absolutely love this advice. You know, spend more time focused on one task. I'm a very big supporter of not multitasking. I used to think that it's a cool thing that all women could do and like it just comes easily and naturally. And I realized the actual power is to focus on one thing and let your mind totally be present for that one task. So I'm glad that you're mentioning that because that is one thing that I struggled the most with probably. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. And this is where I know like, I'm doing one hour of USANA and this is X, Y, and Z what I'm doing. Then I'm shifting to love powered and ABC that needs to get done for the day. You know, so even mapping out your days on Sundays and sitting down on, on a Sunday, giving yourself 30 minutes and saying, okay, Monday to Friday, this is when I'm working. This is um, what I'm working on and focusing on that. You know, it's like it, the multitasking ever since having kids, I was like, oh God, we are awful multitaskers. It doesn't work. It just messes with your brain. No, you you have this feeling of productive, but then you look back and you're like, what did I actually get done today? Like not really that much. So totally agree with you. Okay. So then do you have some kind of routine other than scheduling the days? Or maybe there is something that you know you do every day that absolutely helps you. How do you find that balance, that integration day to day? I just use my paper agenda. I'm old school, so I can take my pen to paper and just map things out. I mean, obviously there's things that we can't predict that come during the day, like, oh, this needs to also get done. I put it on the bottom of the list. And I'm also totally okay with everything not being done that day and moving it to the next day. It's okay. No one's going to die. It's like, I think that we give ourselves this like persona of importance and you know what? It's okay if we don't show up that day and we do it tomorrow, I think we need to all give ourselves a break, especially as women. We are trying to take way too much on, especially moms. There's just so many responsibilities that we have and I think it's becoming too much. And so having everything scheduled out, being okay with it, being moved to the next day, being okay with not everything getting done and then also outsourcing, right? So if you have the financial ability to hire a babysitter for an extra hour or a nanny or hiring that personal assistant, I mean, and there are so many personal assistants from overseas right now and they're super inexpensive. So if there's a mundane task in your business that you don't like doing and you can outsource, that's another thing is we need to release control, you know, focus like on getting really clear on what you're good at, what your passion is, and then outsourcing the rest. I remember like uh, that OCD of wanting to do everything, like get over it, get over yourself. You know, it's all good. It'll all get done. And it might not be to your standard, but it's totally okay. I, I can relate to that. The constant guilt that you're not doing enough or you know how they say, write three things down that you're supposed to do this day. And then day gets away and then you only accomplished one or two things. And then this guilt sets in that you're not enough and you're not good enough and how could you not? And I'm sure for moms, it's even worse because then there's mom guilt and there's all the other priorities. So I, I love the advice of just, you're fine. It's all going to get done. Outsource what you can and just move on. 
Exactly. And guilt is such a low vibration. It's such a low frequency. So it's like when we go into that guilt, well, guess what? We're just going to be stuck in it. We'll be more unproductive and we'll be less attracting of all the other things that, you know, might be coming in some great opportunities. So then in terms of your industry, or I guess all of your industries that you're in health and wellness, do you see there's a trend 2021 coming up that people should really be paying attention to, or maybe in general? I just think mindset, mental health, health and wellness. I mean, these are industries that, you know, I remember in 2010 saying like, oh, that's going to be the next trillion dollar industry. I mean, we're in it now. My friend did an amazing post yesterday that, oh, anyways, it talked about, let me just see if I can pull it up. But it was just, it's so important for us to take our power back, especially when it comes to health and wellness, because at the end of the day, health is our greatest wealth. And if we're not focusing on our health and then it's, you know, something goes wrong, then we won't be able to show up at all. I think this is why there's just so much talk around um, self-care and self-love because not only do we deserve it, but we need it. Like we need to fuel our cup first and it's not a luxury. It needs to happen. We need to fuel ourselves first so that we can show up for our business. We can show up for our families. We can show up for, you know, the world around us. If we don't do that, then we're going to be exhausted. We might be sick and we won't be able to bring our gifts to the world. So I mean, those are the industries that, that I'm in, and those are the industries that are going to continue growing. Obviously, technology and you know, the way that we communicate, I mean, these are all things that are changing and shifting really quickly. So always looking for, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be other social media platforms that show up, like, how can we be the first and make our first, you know? few millions on that next platform. Like it's all growing so quickly. Absolutely. So just paying attention to what's happening, but I like the advice of health and wellness because you're absolutely right. The space is here to stay. There's more innovations coming up now with people being at home. So you're absolutely correct. Now, are there any books, resources, podcasts that you recommend that you are totally into that you've just discovered you want to share with us? So I just purchased a book called A Pocket Full of Money. I haven't started it yet, but it's all really around the mindset of attracting abundance and wealth. And, you know, money, just like everything else around us, is energy. And so for me, that's the work because I come from an immigrant uh, family. I was born in Poland. I've lived through that struggle and not only you know, our family struggle at the very beginning of coming to Canada, but also that generational struggle of Poland as a country for so many centuries. And so that's my soul's work in this lifetime is rebuilding that relationship with wealth and abundance and the worthiness around it. So that's one book that I'm starting to read today. Uh, Sorry, this week, as soon as it comes in podcasts, I mean, so many podcasts that I love how I built this is one of my faves because, you know, they look at successful entrepreneurs and how they got to where they are. And I think it's a great reminder that everything takes time. I mean, oftentimes we live in such a, like a quick fix society you know, Amazon Prime Society, but building a business is not Amazon Prime. It's going to take time. It's going to take grit. It's going to take showing up. It's going to take consistency. And so I love how I built this because it shows me, okay, you know, Spanx, yes, she's the first billionaire female in the States, but how long did it take? And what was her grind at the very beginning? And I'll really name those two as my faves right now. 
I like it. No, I absolutely agree with the how I built this. One of the favorite podcasts ever. I guess your journey on selling all your stuff, moving from Ontario to BC and unschooling your kids. Tell us more about how that worked. Yeah. So again, thanks to the pandemic, we just looked at our life and we lived that great life on paper with a big mortgage and private school payments and, you know, all the luxuries that we thought we wanted in our life. We, we got them, you know, your Mercedes Benz and that hefty car payment that comes with it. And we just said, you know what, fuck it all. Like let's sell and be totally free and not own anything and explore the world. So before having kids, that was kind of my mindset with my husband. He's from Mexico. Uh, He moved to Canada in 2010 as well. And we loved to travel. We were traveling once a month to different parts of the world. Like that's our souls feeling our best. And then when we had kids, we actually stopped that because then I became that paranoid mom of like, where's my kid going to sleep? Like, what if they get sick? What if they don't sleep? What if blah, 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 blah. And then that mom thing kicked in. And so with the pandemic, we were like, oh my God, let's go back to our soul's purpose of being portable and free and back to traveling. And that's what we're doing. So literally, we decided in June to list our house. By July, the house sold. Then I had three months to sell absolutely everything in the house. And it was a big house. So it took a while. But Facebook Marketplace is amazing. I sold our Mini Cooper on Facebook Marketplace. I sold like everything, like literally everything from a Mini Cooper to hangers for like $5. And then we packed up the kids. So our girls are two and a half and four and a half and started driving across the country. We didn't know how that was going to look because they've never traveled long distances, but it was better than we could have expected. We arrived in the Okanagan. We were there for a month. We were in Squamish for a month. Right now we're in Whistler. We're going back to Squamish. Then we're going to the island. Then we're going back to the Okanagan. And we're just exploring and really just feeling BC and feeling where we wanted to set roots and, you know, build community and raise our girls. But what we know for sure is this type of lifestyle we want to continue. So even though we do want to put down roots somewhere, you know, we're going to take two, three, four months out of the year and travel, whether it's, you know, down South or to Europe, like I really want to do this in Europe next. And then I want to do it somewhere in South America. So it's been awesome. It's been super hard. Because, you know, you have two young kids who like some sort of structure and routine and they are not homeschooling and we're just exploring, but it's just been so worth it. And I think that they'll be looking back at this as a really cool experience as well. I think it's really cool. I've been, uh, I think Ben Greenfield does the same thing with his kids. I mean, he's doing the idea of unschooling where his kids are a bit older. I think it's eight and 12 or teenagers. And he teaches them math and architecture and skills and languages through the experiences that they go through as a family and travel and exploring. So very similar and it's working. So I absolutely love the story. I want to see, I'm excited to watch you guys grow as a family and see what else happens and where you end up. Now, how much luggage do you bring with you to every place you go? Like how much do you unpack and pack again? Just a personal question. Really want to know how that works. Oh, well, that was the hardest part, I would say, like leaving Ontario and actually driving to BC because every hotel we stayed at, we need to 
we needed to unpack the entire car because like, oh, Sophie needed the mattress for her pack and play. And then we needed, you know, our clothes and then our vitamins and then whatever, their toys. And so it was like, that was a lot of work. But now we kind of have our system. So we pack up the trunk, we pack up the bin on top of the car and we keep decluttering. So as we're going in every place we're at, we donate a whole bunch of stuff. So it's like, we're still decluttering and detoxing as we're going. I mean, mind you, we had to buy a bunch of stuff in Squamish for rain weather and now in Whistler for snow weather. So we are adding stuff, but we're also doing a lot of gifting as we go and just donating what we don't need. So it is a lot of stuff. This is why every stop we're there for at least a month so that we can unpack, settle in, and then, you know, go explore the next place. And then month is usually enough. And again, personally asking if somebody wants to repeat the lifestyle, you know, let's not kid ourselves that they can go and travel every week to a different place. I think it's not enough time. Yeah. I think it's not enough time to really explore and, you know, meet, like I've met some incredible people. I know it's even, you know, I know we're in a pandemic. I know a lot of stuff is already closed down, but I've met some incredible women in every location we've been at. So I would say give yourself a good month. I mean, you, you do want to ground a little bit and explore it and every place is so magical and there's so much to see and do. And, um, I think, a month is a good time. I mean, we are going to the island for three months, so it'll give us an even deeper experience. But I mean, this whole thing of like going to a new place every week would just, it would be too much because of all the luggage you need for kids and yourselves. Oh, and we have a dog traveling with us as well. So it's a lot. (laughs) I totally agree with you because the reason I'm asking is we kind of did similar because we got rid of our apartment downtown and we figured, you know, we'll buy a house. And then we moved in with our in-laws on both sides and spent a month each and then traveled to other places. And I realized, you know, one month is usually good enough. And we also traveled with the dog. So I'm like, anything less than that is just too much. You just unpacked, you just booked your flights and now you have to move again. Not going to happen. So I'm glad you're sharing this. Thank you so much. Okay. So everyone that comes on the show, we ask the same questions. A millennial is, a millennial should be, and a millennial is not. A millennial is, is gritty, is open-minded, is ambitious, is driven, and is open to opportunity. Ah, yes to all of them. Okay. A millennial should be. Online in the e-commerce space. Absolutely. And a millennial is not. Someone who wants to be tied down to a boss, an office, and someone telling them what to do. I love it. Location, fixed, fixed brick and mortar space. Totally agree with you. Okay. So where do our listeners, our uh, people who watch uh, the podcast online, where can they find you, where they can connect with you, where they can learn more? For sure. I would say Instagram. On Instagram, I'm underscore Anna Lozano. And I would say that's the best place to connect. And then your businesses, the same way, websites, Instagram. Yeah. Website is lovepoweredco.com. And our business Instagram is at lovepoweredco. Love it. Thank you so much, Anna, for coming on and sharing so much value and wisdom with us. Can't wait to see what happens in 2021. (laughs) Thank you so much.